185milesouth.com. Smash that Patreon button. One hundred and eighty five miles south, a hardcore punk rock podcast. What's up, everyone? This week on the pod, we are gluttons for punishment because we didn't get smacked around enough for our top 100 list of the 80s. We're coming back for the 90s, which is even more offensive to people. So fuck you in advance. Helping out. You know him. You love him. It is Daniel Sant. And Dan, not fuck you. Fuck the people that are upset with us. Oh, yeah. F- fuck them long and hard. <laughs> <laughs> Send in your uh, list, people. Put your money where yeah. your mouth is. What's up? And you know what? Some some real uh, true heroes did uh, provide a list of their top 100, and some you know really got involved in the convo. So that's awesome. There were for sure, some. for sure, and and everyone can go check the. There's a few lists that were submitted by by the people. You can check them on the link on the website. They're up now, or they will be by the time this uh, airs. It, it would have been up sooner, but your boy almost went to heaven. Okay, also helping out it is Ben Merlis, aka Ben Edge, aka Edge. What's up, Ben? What's going on? And rounding us out, dude. He left New York. It's Anthony Papalardo. What's up, Pops? I'm chilling. I'm here to troll this listicle. That's what they're for. <laughs> Just kidding. I'm going to take it seriously. But, it, you know, no, got to have fun. It's like, we're, yeah, we're going to talk about it. Because anytime you put together something like this, it is easy to pick apart. And the, the thing is, like, the master list is a combination of the four of our lists, right? So everyone's going to be a little upset with some things. Myself included, I'm upset about a lot of pieces of this list. So let's jump right into it. Um, first off, you got to go see the list. Go to 185milesouth.com. At the top of the page, click that top 100 link and just follow, and you'll be able to see the master list of the 90s. Um, Dan, why don't you give us the top 10? And Ben, why don't you give us 11 through uh, 20? All right. This is the master list where all four lists have been amalgamated into one. So, one yeah, eight five. Real, 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 real quick. Let me just. I'll, I'll add the rules. So basically, like, if you voted, so we each made a list of a top one hundred, right? A number one pick gets a hundred points. A number one hundred pick gets one point, right? So you guys get it. A number three get well, whatever the fuck. Anyway, um, <laughs> and then also on top of that. We are rewarding consensus. So basically for every consensus vote, the pick gets an extra five points, right? So if two people voted on something, it gets an extra five. If three people voted on something, it gets an extra 10 points. And if uh, four people voted on something, it gets an extra 15 points. So that's how that's how this boiled out. Dan, let's go to you, number one through 10. All right. So number one, Coming in with a bullet, inside out, no spiritual surrender, seven inch. Number two, 
chain of strength, what holds us apart, seven inch. Number three, burn, self-titled, seven inch. The top three all going to rev. And all be in 1990. That's interesting. Okay, number four, integrity, those who fear tomorrow. Number five, unbroken, life, love, regret. Number six, youth of today, disengage, seven inch. Number seven, turning point, no escape, split, seven inch. Number eight, bad religion against the grain. Number nine, undertow at both ends. And number 10, lifetime, hello, bastards. All right, Ben, do 11 through 20. Yep. Number 11, jawbreaker, 24-hour revenge therapy. Number 12, ignite, call on my brothers. Number 13, madball, set it off. Number 14, floor punch, division one champs, seven inch. Number 15, rancid, let's go LP. Number 16, sick of it all, scratch the surface. Number 17, uh, Earth Crisis, Firestorm, 7-inch. Number 18, Outspoken, A Light in the Dark, LP. Number 19, Fugazi, In on the Kill Taker, LP. And number 20, Reason to Believe, When Reason Sleeps, Demons Dance, LP, 1990. Right on. Okay, let's dig into this a little bit. I wanted to... There are a handful of records where all four of us at least voted for the band, right? So, for instance, in the 90s, Mouthpiece puts out two seven inches in an LP. And actually, they're an interesting one because one of us voted for the first seven inch, two voted for the last seven inch, and one of us voted for the LP. So stuff is all spread out. In that instance, what happens is if one of the records has more people voting for it, that record takes the precedence. So that record wins. And in the case where, let's say that everyone votes, you know, there's four votes for a record or there's two votes for a record, whatever person ranked the record higher, that like that record gets chosen. So I wanted to look at these records that the four of us all voted for, because that's pretty cool, or the one where we voted for the band, the 90s, right? So Inside Out, the 7-inch, the highest uh, rank on it was number three, but it got a number one vote because all four of us voted for it. And three people actually ranked it number three. Uh, the lowest vote it got was number 15. So the chain, same thing. The highest vote for the chain seven inch was number five. And the lowest was number 14. For the burn, the highest was number two. The lowest was 29. So that's one, two, and three. And what's interesting, also number four, the integrity, the highest vote was a number four vote. And the lowest was 49. And then integrity, number four, it was split. Two of us voted for Those Who Fear Tomorrow LP. Two of us voted for The Humanities of Devil 10-inch. But the votes for the Those Who Fear Tomorrow 12-inch were higher. Um, so that one won. And another interesting thing here in this top 10 is number one through four, none of them got a number one vote. The first time that a number one vote appears is on number five which is the unbroken LP. Its highest vote was number one. Uh, the lowest vote for it was number 37 um, or four unbroken because three people voted for life, love, regret, and one person voted for fall on proverb. Um, anything else here jump out to you, Dan, in this first section where uh, we voted for all four of these together? In the all four section, um, 
whoever voted unbroken at number thirty-seven is a madhead. <laughs> that or just, that or just has good taste. I don't know. I think it is bonkers because, you know, what we try and do is obviously we put forward the things we like the best, number one. Like that's the primary result of making your 100. But then there's also, you know, historical rele- rev- uh, relevance and importance. So that goes into it. I just, you know, my brain is not wired to know that unbroken could sit so far down at 37 but you know black flag was 99 or 100 <laughs> on my 80s list so i you know i can understand people thinking i'm a mad head too i want to um, i want to qualify that real quickly um i think that band is super important they're just not a band that hit with me but i felt like they had to be at least top 50 and i bumped them up is high like I really labored over this, you know. But yeah. I, I don't know. I, re- I I really thought like you want to leave this thing behind that people could look at it and say that's a great representation. I also knew people would rank it higher, so here we are. They landed at five. So I don't know. I really, I really tried to be. <laughs> some things are super important to me, and tried to like detach myself from that. And some things are just undeniable. So. I don't know. I mean, it's there was a lot of like tetrising with this list. It got really difficult. Oh, but, uh, for sure. I had to walk away <laughs> from it at some point, or I would yeah. be fiddling with it. But the thing is, uh, you know, spoiler alert: Unbroken was ranked my number one. Um, Life, love, regret. I just, I think it just casts a massive shadow over the '90s and beyond. Um, what's interesting about the integrity choice? is I had it really high, but I had um, Humanity is the devil on mine, but it must have been a combination of whoever else chose Humanity had it ranked much lower, and then the other two came in in between, right? It's a tie, so the highest rank wins, right? So it's two and two, and then I had Integrity, Those Who Fear Tomorrow, at number six. And I had them at seven. I had oh, you had him at seven. The devil at seven. So oh, that's crazy. It just missed out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Human- so that's the way. That one could have broken either way. Yeah, I had. You, you know, I think I think it's a good. I think it's a good time to to kind of talk that like, unlike the '80s, this is a list that we experienced a little more. Like whether it was in real time or you know stuff we slightly missed or whatever, and uh, it's it's sometimes it's hard to separate the impact or things that you saw quite a bit or things that were like accessible. Like this was a world where you might've never even seen unbroken, you know what I mean? Or they played once and then other things had like a, an impact that was maybe more felt in your scene. So I, I I think that like, no matter how impartial you want to be, that's going to play in. And and I think that's a good thing though, you know? Oh yeah. I I mean, I think I'd say about 80% of this list for all, I mean, a hundred percent of your list pretty much pops, but 80% of everyone's else's list was definitely stuff that was real time being loved, you know, all through mm-hmm. the nineties. So, well, I've been honest on this pod and said, I didn't get into hardcore to like 96. I got into punk in like 93, 94, but like that's a child listening to punk. Right. Um, 
So I missed half the 90s. So mine is like yeah. straight up split half and half. But the minute you started getting into um, hardcore in like 96, you were grabbing all these records and recordings yeah. of, of things that were extremely important, right? For sure. And now talking about our individual lists, everyone, that's on the website too. So the main list will be there. You can click through and see our individual lists. So you can see how all that stuff stacks up because this this may or may not get heated later. Um, we'll, we will see. <laughs> <laughs> we will see. Um, okay. The other thing I wanted to note on this, like all four people voted for it, it's actually pretty fucked up, right? Because Turning Point, Turning Point got a number one vote and Pops voted it number one. But he voted the LP number one, and the other three of us did the turning point no escape split seven inch. And so the three outranked the one. And so turning point technically has a, a number one vote here. And someone has it, I think I have like that split is 75. So that's a giant spread. And that one ends Jeez. up at number seven. So the consensus helps a lot, plus some high votes help a lot, you know? Um, also, just to say, number one through number 12, all of us voted on it. So that's like pretty, that's a pretty sick thing, right? That number one to 12 is full consensus with the four of us. Um, also, number 14 is consensus. That's the floor punch pick. Uh, three of us voted for the seven inch, one for the demo. Uh, number 21, the Redemption 87 LP, um, the self titled LP, that is on here. The highest rank is 41. The lowest is 76, but that consensus bumped it up. It's number 21 on the list. Um, also, Mouthpiece, uh, they end up at number 24 with the Face Tomorrow 7-inch. The highest rank for them was uh, 10. The lowest was 100, so giant spread again. And like I said before, one person voted for the LP, one person for the first 7-inch, two people for the second 7-inch. And then the last thing, that the, the last band that all four of us voted for, this is pretty interesting, is Shelter. Um, they ended up at number 68. The highest vote they got was number 70. The lowest vote they got was 87. And all four of us picked different albums. So that's pretty rad that there's a band that all four of us picked a different best album for the 90s. And maybe we should talk about that a bit. Uh, Dan, do you remember what you picked? Let's go to Pops. Do you remember what you picked? <laughs> Yeah, I think the No Compromise 7-inch, and I, I think that goes back to sort of the real-time thing. Um, you know, the No Compromise 7-inch was the first one I heard. It was the one that, like, you know, Free Will is just such a banger of a song. And I think Shelter is a band that the recorded output, it's it's kind of like Youth of Today in, in a sense, where, like, the recordings are all over the place, Um you know, there's different eras of the band. The lineup kept changing. And I don't know. I, I think it's easy to have an affinity for which version you saw. But, you know, for, for them being, it's kind of like a misrepresentation of how low they were because they were probably one of the most influential bands of the 90s. But I think if we're, we're kind of looking at it as like where all these things stand, I think it's probably kind of works out, you know. But but I, I, I do want to note that, they were, they had a run where they were just an incredibly magnetic band and it's super fun to see. And and also I think part of it is like, if you miss youth of today, you get to see some, you know, 
some formation of people from youth of today with, you know, obviously Ray being like the anchor that gives you that energy. And, and also they were just kind of a, a fascinating band. You know, I, I think getting a room together of a bunch of teenagers with like a aggressive Hare Krishna band is a very weird, strange, surreal, almost psychedelic thing. And, you know, for, for as low as it was, I think it's still, they're still incredibly powerful and interesting. It's just, I guess the, the ska era might taint that a little bit and you know, that's unfortunate, but that's how this goes, you know? Yeah. I, I've uh, chose attaining the Supreme. I love that record. And I do agree that I think that shelter ended up kind of low ranked and, and it's one where it's all our fault, right? Because like the, the range they end up in 70 to 87 and they actually end up getting ranked two spots above the highest rank at 68. Um, You know, they kind of landed where we all, thought they should land, but like thinking about it now, it's like, Ooh, that is a little low Ben, Which one did you vote for and why? Uh, I voted for the quest for certainty 12 inch, just because I think that's their best song quest for certainty. Um, and I ranked that one at 70 and I got to make a little correction. You were talking about uh, floor punch and how some of us voted for the demo and some of us voted for the seven inch. I actually voted for the floor punch LP. So there were three different, that was split three different ways amongst all four of us. Oh, okay. But I yeah, I, that wrong. Good, good catch. I, yeah, I know. But I noticed that, that before you even, you know, pulled out the stats that there's less consensus among records that there, that we have cons- of, of bands we have consensus of than there was in the eighties. God, that was a mouthful, but you know what I mean? Like <laughs> circle jerks, group sex, who's going to argue that, you know? Like, or if you are, you know, you're, you know, you're stating the unpopular opinion in, in the nineties. It's like, I don't even know if there is a, an unpopular opinion, um, with a lot of these bands. It's just like, you know, it's just so all over the place. Right. Right. Where the eighties, that's actually a really good point. So in the eighties, like a lot of bands had like an undeniable classic record where the best bands in the nineties, a lot of times put out two really notable records where you wouldn't like get your opinion shit on if you liked one or the other. Yeah. I think integ- integrity is a great example of that. It's, you know, I, I picked those who fear tomorrow. Cause that's the first one I heard and that blew my mind. But then, but I, the other records, like I could make a case, you know, and I think I even argued, you know, like the, the other, uh, you know, the second and third, you know, whatever. I don't have the discography in front of me, but like those are banger records too. And and I don't think it, it sometimes it's just time and place, right? Like you have an affinity for what you heard first and, and sort of like the, the folklore. Yeah, hundred percent. I think you could pick any of those three first integrity LPs mm-hmm. if we're counting humanities and LP as well. And like, that's good. And, and same, like, you know, Dan called out uh, pops for, ranking unbroken 37, but he didn't call out Ben for choosing fall on proverb seven inch over the, excuse me, the fall slash on proverb seven inch. Uh, oh, it's didn't... and slash fall on proverb. Oh, and my bad. Yeah. See, now I'm going to sound like a fool. I'm going to, no, I'm going to edit that. Hold on. It's just a typo. Um, <laughs> it's just a brain typo, dude. <laughs> it's called the COVID long fog or whatever. <laughs> well, there's one thing I wanted to say about, the interesting point about shelter it that is a um when the legacy goes bad over time that's 
the effect it has. Like, mm-hmm. like you said, like the power of that band in 90 to 95, right. Is one thing, but what goes on from like 96 to infinity <laughs> is uh pretty, you know, <laughs> leaving planet earth and all of that stuff. Like, uh, Oh, very it's called Beyond Planet Earth. Daniel, put some respect on the LP's name. Okay, sorry to the cow on the cover. Sorry to Daisy. Um, <laughs> but it, it it just it just shows the legacy like eroding has hurt where they are placed in our minds. You know. Yeah, yeah I, I think. think go, ahead. go ahead. I was just going to say real quick, Fugazi. I think is a good analog, right? Like you have the weight of. I mean, two people coming with like the weight of some incredible work. Right. And I think you could maybe with the exception of red medicine, you could play someone or whatever. I don't want to get too in the weeds, but like you can play people a Fugazi record who never saw Fugazi and they're going to get it. They're going to get why that band was important. I think shelter is a little more like if you were in that room, right. If you saw them, like it's Ray Capo's new band and he's a Hare Krishna that has a lot more, uh, like that anticipation, that build up, whatever, and then they come and deliver. It's cool. I think the recorded output just doesn't translate that as much. Whereas, like, like I said, like a band like Fugazi, I think that's why they still resonate because the live, you know, most people who like that band at this point never saw them, and it kind of doesn't matter. Yeah, I think that the shelter thing is really interesting um, because, like Dan said, in hindsight you know, like kind of the reputation makes it a little more low ranked now, but also like thinking back on it and looking at like our list that all four of us chose different records. Like that's, that should be very flattering about that band. Right. That like, yeah, they they have like a catalog that has enough girth there that like we can each grab onto something. So it's kind of neat. Okay. Let's talk about some other stuff. I wanted to mention that the highest ranked record that only had three people vote for it. Let's just go through the top 20 that got three out of four. Uh, Madball set it off, number 13. Uh, Rancid, this is number 15, 16. Okay, this rounding out the, the 20, starting with number. So, yes, Floor Punch got four. Rancid, let's go. Uh, at number 15, it got three. Sick of it all, Scratch the Surface got three. Earth Cries Firestorm got three. Outspoken, A Light in the Dark got three. Fugazi in on the kill taker got three guess who didn't vote for him. What's up fools. All right. And number 20 reason to believe the LP got three. Who didn't vote for reason to believe? Uh, probably me. Oh, what a fool. I mean, looking at the still list, made the top like, 20, it still made the top 20, which is insane. And, and let's talk about that now. Like let's look at this top 20 and talk about if we think that anything is overrated or underrated. Um, Daniel, what do you think? Oh, I've got one that's underrated that it, it's infuriatingly underrated to me. Um, Earth Crisis Firestorm at 17. That should be a top five record for the 90s, without a doubt. But that's just my opinion. That that one is crazy. To me, it was a little bit weird for me to see on your list that the Floor Punch 7-inch was only number 18. Uh, my um, list? Yeah. I found that yeah. kind of weird, but um, that is still 14 on the main list. I think I had it at number six um, overall. 
Yeah, I put a little bit more emphasis on LPs because I think that they're harder to do. And like when you pull, when you're a hardcore band that pulls off a great LP, that is like such a gnarly accomplishment. A lot of hardcore bands have pulled off good seven inches, right? So it's like if you have the the great LP, I guess I weight that a little more. And that's why Floor Punch ended up at number 18 on my list. And they are for seven inches. The only seven inches I ranked high, higher were Burn, Chain of Strength, Inside Out. That's it. So one, two, and three on the main list, right? Yeah. So they're the number four seven inch for me of the nineties, which is heavy. And that's crazy. I just, I rank LPs a little bit higher just because they're so hard to do and pull off. That That's an interesting way of thinking about things, but I just think about the pure impact of certain releases it is how I did it. And, and for me, the pure impact of the firestorm seven inch is just monumental. And to some people, you know, like we're talking about the legacy that, shelter it's harmed over the legacy to some people what earth crisis kind of birthed and when i say some people i mean ben (laughs) that is a record that came out that he can respect that record but what it birthed he hates you know so there are subconscious um factors coming in as well i think it's pretty interesting that um let's go beats out and out come the wolves for rancid because they're both incredible and it's just a it's almost like a coin flip but upon listening to them both a lot in the formation of this list i went and out come the wolves i just think it is just slightly more dialed in yeah i'll pull it up here um so rancid had three votes it got let's go at 12 which was well, God, it got ranked really high. Let's Go got ranked 12. Outcome the Wolves got ranked 11. And Let's Go got ranked 20. So, yeah, that's pretty solid. And you're right. I mean, I would say Let's Go and Outcome the Wolves are a toss-up, too. I just land on Let's Go. I think it's like, I don't know. Uh, the And Outcome the Wolves is like very mid-tempo, like the whole record. I love it, love it, love it, obviously. But like Let's Go just has more... I don't know. Yeah, it has a little bit more variety, I guess. Yeah, and it's it's got definitely a bit more as the uh as the um foggy brain on the pod says, YOLO. It's got a lot a of YOLO. 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 Um, yeah, yeah. Do you feel that like okay, so do you guys feel good about Fugazi coming in at 19? No, like, I considering... think it should be higher too. Okay. That's that's one that you think should be higher. And and for me, like I think it's criminal that the set it off is not top 10. You know, that I ends agree. up being 13. I so. agree that it should probably be, probably be top 10 as a tent pole for the nineties. But I mean, look at the top 10 we have. It's, it's pretty great. It's a, uh, and I, uh, this is no disrespect to them at all because I love them so much, but under Toby and number nine is interesting. Yes. If we're talking about things that ended up higher than maybe they should have been, that would be the one, right? And I love them as well. And so it's like, I'm not going to complain about them getting top 10 because it's a great record. I mean, their whole catalog is great. They're an important band and they don't embarrass themselves. You know what I mean? They're sick for an old school band. But they end up being a little high maybe. And I'll tell you why. Let's see here. So Undertow, all four of us voted for them. 
and yeah, three to one on Apothean's LP versus a stalemate seven inch. And they got ranked 19, 21, 21, and 47. So the fact that like three people ranked them right there between 19 and 21, and someone else ranked them top 50, plus the four consensus uh, votes, points, that gets them there in the top 10. So so that's that. And I think it's fair because I do think it's important. The consensus thing is important. Like, think about it. Like, we all kind of have common likes when it comes to hardcore. But if you think about the four of us, like, they are pretty diverse. You know, I think that, like, between the four of us, we cover a pretty big um, tent, you know, or a pretty big tent covers all our shit, right? And so, like, the fact that four of us agree on anything is pretty impressive and should be rewarded. Do you think that's fair, Pops? I think it's fair. It's making me think of this that I think – well, I'll just speak anecdotally. For me, when when big moments happened in the '90s, it was kind of it was kind of like a roadmap. Like it was a very rudderless time, you know. Like there wasn't there wasn't much of a consensus. Um, I'd say like early to mid '90s, right? Like things were just firing off. It was almost regional. Like you know, San Diego had a certain thing. DC had a certain thing. Boston had a certain like it was actually Boston didn't really have much, right? <laughs> New York had a certain thing. And uh, it's hard to separate because it's hardcore. It's hard to separate the music on a, you know, like a piece of vinyl from the ripple effect. So for me personally, and this is no slight to the people in earth crisis, but when earth crisis came out, I didn't like that direction. And it wasn't even musical. It was kind of like the ethos and even being like a straight edge vegan person at the time, I was like, Ugh, I don't really like like that, you know. Kind of in the same way that I didn't like religion in in hardcore with shelter or uh, just the way things sort of go because people are very um, people want to grab on to the next thing, right? And like maybe maybe to some of our benefits on the pod, right? Like you know, uh, old school hardcore coming back might've been a boon for some people. And that's cool too. And other people might've been like, that's lame. Uh, So it's it's kind of hard to like, it's kind of hard to say this is important, but then also because it's hardcore and it's so personal and then say like, yeah, but I didn't like what that did. So it's, it's a very weird thing. Like Matt, I think Madball is like properly rated. Like I don't, I don't think a lot of stuff in the wake of Madball was better or more inspired than Madball, and kind of in the way that I think you could say that for Earth Crisis, and then and then like um, Undertow. I don't really think a lot of bands took what Undertow did, and I don't think that changes their legacy. I think they were super important to have this band of young people who were kind of like torchbearers doing something. And I think like just because Undertow didn't spawn a movement of Undertows, that that sullies what they did either. So. I don't know. It's just a very, it's, it's, it's objective and subjective at the same time. And that's kind of what makes it fun to talk about. Yeah. Agreed. Um, is there anything that you think is overrated on the top 20? Like that jumps out at you. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think so. I mean, maybe reason to believe is just, just cause I just, my eyes went right to 20 and I love that band, but I don't know. I could bump, super touch up over there or like Rorschach, I think is kind of low. 
uh, it's uh, then you could also make a case like Hatebreed probably sold the most records on this entire list. Like, should they be higher because of that metric? I don't, I don't really know. <laughs> it's, yes. uh, yes, it's, it's, it's just super hard to, you know, like to have reason, like, and this again, like it's so hard because we, we know a lot of these people or we, we have an affinity for people in these bands or what they stood for. Are you going to say historically, hate breeds less important than reason to believe. I don't think anyone would make that argument. Right. <laughs> so it, it gets a little tricky. Right. And that's the hard thing about the list. And it's also hard curating like the people voting on the list because that's insane that the hate breed record isn't top 10 in the nineties. You know what I mean? Like in my personal opinion, I can respect people that, that want to like lower rank it, but that's a wild one. And only two people, two of us have it on a list and they're ranked high on both the lists. So it ends up kind of high because one person has it number five, which I think is me. And then one person has it number 18, which I think is Daniel. Daniel, is that correct? That's right. Yeah. And that, so if you, I, that one's criminally underrated, in my opinion. I think the one right underneath it's criminally underrated for legacy and power and actually great music as well is the mm-hmm. Bikini Kill. Bikini yes. Kill comes in at number 27. Yeah. The, the other thing is, like, just looking at this list, like, I'm pretty happy with the top top 50 30 is pretty great. The top, uh, I don't know all the way on the top 50. I can start having some like disagreements. Like I'm okay. Letting go of like the, the Fugazi thing, right? It's not my thing, but I can understand the importance of it. Like I'm not mad at it being top 20, but yeah, I mean, I think the top 30 is pretty, pretty great. Top 25, top 30. So Anyway, uh, Ben, any comments on this section of where the four of us all voted on it? So this would be the uh, top 20. Wait, see, the ones that all four of us voted on. If you scroll down underneath the list, then there's 101 through 110, and then there's Zach Notes, please don't edit. And then right there, (laughs) there's a list of, yeah, it's like 1 through 12 plus 14, 21, 24, and 68. Yeah. No, I mean, it makes sense. There's like certain things where I'm I'm thinking like, okay, when we did the 80s list, it was just me, Zach, and Dan. And then Pops was on the episode, but he didn't actually make a list. So this one is all four of us. And I'm thinking, what would this list have been like if Pops, you know, didn't make his list? Like if his votes got taken, you know, you would have stuff like probably Madball or Hatebreed be, be even higher. Um so I think he kind of evened it out a little bit. Like, obviously, the more people you have uh, doing these lists, the more the 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 smoother it'll be. The less wild, you know, some of the choices uh, the rankings will be. And then I think, like, okay, what if you had everyone who liked punk in the '90s, um, you know, make the list and have a supercomputer average out all the scores? Well, fucking Green Day would be number one. And here's something crazy. Green Day isn't even on the list. It's not. Yeah, I was I was thinking about that. That like Green Day and Offspring both aren't on the list, which is kind of wonky when you think about it. Like, because it is really hard to do this list, right? Pops did a good job of of discussing it. That you're like really balancing out your personal opinions with like bands and records that have merit, right? And sometimes like you know you can come down too hard one way or the other. And I think that we all were homers a little bit in the fact that none of us put 
the Green Day LP or the Offspring LP on our list. Like that's pretty crazy that none of the four of us even had any of those ranked in the top hundred. I don't think it's that crazy though because we went back and we put them head to head against each other, and they don't stand a chance against any of these on all one hundred of each of our lists. Really, when you go record versus record, they they don't make it. I they would take both those LP, both those LPs. There, I would take either of them over things that ended up on our top one hundred. You wouldn't, Dan? No. Take it to next time someone's talking, like start looking at 100 and go up the list. Okay. I think if you would take Green Day or if you would take Dookie or Smash over any of those records, I would a hundred percent, dude. You know what I mean? Like right. over tiebreak? Come on, dude. Come on. <laughs> you know you are. You know you are. Okay. Um I wanted to note the highest record. Let's see. Ah. Okay, let's move on to the next section. The highest ranked with two votes. We talked both these already. Uh, the Heat Breed Satisfaction is the Death of Desire LP came in at number 26 with two votes. The Bikini Kill Pussy Whipped LP came in at number 27 with two votes. So both those records were ranked really high by the two people that voted for them. Um, also, I wanted to note the lowest record that made the list that three of us voted for. Um, is Amenity, the This Is Our Struggle 7-inch. Three of us voted for it. The highest vote was number 66. The lowest was 91. And so it ended up on the list um, at number 89. And then Shelter, all four people voted for it, all four different albums. And that ended up at, I don't know, I don't have it right here. But uh, it ended up, oh, there it is, at number 68. So that's all that weird stuff. Also wanted to note that number 100, there was actually a tie for number 100. So the Rancor 7-inch ended up as our master 100, but it tied in points the Swing Kids um, Spanacorzo record. Um, they were both tied for 100, but the Rancor had two votes that uh, Swing Kids split only had one vote. So I gave it to Rancor. Um, okay, Ben, let's jump to you to talk about bands by year and region. Okay, I did this for our '80s episode as well, where I I broke down, I broke out all the uh, regions that the uh, bands that made. I'm only doing this for the master list, not our individual lists. And then we can compare, we can compare the results to what the '80s were like, and see, try try to see if we can explain the differences. So, um, for the winner of uh, the '90s was the East Coast. Well, I, here's here's the regions I did: East Coast, West Coast, uh, Midwest slash Texas, Canada, UK, Continental Europe, Japan, Australia. So those are the regions. East Coast won with uh, forty three uh, records. West Coast with thirty five. Very similar to the eighties list, almost the same. Uh, Midwest slash Texas got thirteen records in the nineties uh, list where it only got seven in the eighties. So you have a big uptick in uh, Midwest. And I'm assuming that has to do with like integrity ringworm type bands. Um, and then, uh, so it, it almost, it almost Dillinger four Dillinger four. That's true. So it almost, uh, the middle of the country almost doubled uh, from seven to 13 uh, between eighties and nineties. Canada also, 
Canada zero, just like the eighties list. <laughs> now this is the, this is the, the biggest difference here. Um, the eighties list, there were 17 UK records. Uh, the nineties list, there are two. Um, those two are, um, mush by, well, there's hard skin and there's also, um, leather, leather face, mush, leather face, mush. Right. Okay. So yeah. enormous fall off from the eighties to the nineties with UK and then, um, finishing off, off the list continental Europe. We have five for the nineties. We only had one for the eighties, which was raw power. I think that this is kind this is kind of where our prejudices show i think there was a lot of that second wave youth crew st- youth crew stuff coming out of continental europe in the 90s that uh some of us rode for that kind of made the bottom tier of the list whereas not a lot of continental european uh fan uh, hardcore fans for the 80s stuff which which is actually sort of much more uh uh, critically lauded in 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 the punk community, you know, you'll you'll probably find more people who are fans of Indigesti or whatever, or, or fucking BGK than you're gonna than than sportswear. Um, but this is who we are, you know. Three out of the four of us were, yeah. were straight edge kids in the '90s. Uh, Japan two in the '90s. Hey, Dan, hey, and, and three out of four of us are straight edge kids now. What's up? Two weeks today, dude. Oh, Gia. Yeah. Welcome to the oh, posse. Shit. Um Japan, there were two uh picks for the 90s and uh Australia zero in our 80s list we had zero and zero. So, um so I'd say the 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 biggest difference is the UK thing. A- and I mean, what do you guys think? Like what is it with the UK and 90s punk and hardcore? That that wasn't cutting the mustard for the most part. It just, I was going to ask that same question to Dan. <laughs> yeah, Dan, just, uh, why do you carry the weight of the nation on your shoulders and explain this yeah. to us? <laughs> it just it was a lot tougher. It got splintered. Like it it seems like lots of those eighties punk bands then became like pro and then went the the butt rock route, you know. And then um, it just seemed to go extremely DIY in the 90s, which then in turn took a lot longer to groundswell to great records. There are some great things in there. They just don't, they don't beat anything on these lists, really. Uh, yep. You know, Bordy's probably out there screaming like, what are you talking about? Knuckle Dust Demo <laughs> or something, you know. But it's... It you know it just didn't come alive till you know late nineties. Hardcore has yeah. so much regional bias, especially like in the nineties and going back. You know, and yeah, in the pre-internet days, right? Although, like you know, the eighties have so many big like consensus temple records, and maybe the nineties do as well. But yeah, the nineties are very regional, and and I do think that like the four of us that that's real. Right, we have the bias, especially like on the '80s list that we only had one continental Europe. Like that is a giant knock on our list. In fact, it's probably the biggest knock, right? And Staffen from Sweden, who's normally one of the nicest guys ever, kind of smacked me around a little bit there about that. So respect <laughs> to him because he's right, right? Like that's just a blind spot for us. But hardcore is wild, and you got to think about so much of 
this stuff kind of like pops talked about before is when you got into it, how you felt about it sometimes like when you're younger and, and in the pre like high speed internet streaming days, like a lot of stuff you couldn't find. And so it's like, Oh, I just never had that or didn't have the means to have it or whatever the fuck. So it's like, shit just misses you. Right. And you can't really be blamed for that. So I don't know. What do you think, Dan? Well, yeah, I, I feel you can't pose like, Oh, I can't retroactively just say this record's amazing when you haven't really spent any time with it, you know, we've got to be real to what our record collections and what our taste level is. Um, even if it is wrong. And that's the best thing about it is that it does cause, you know, Stefan to be like, yo, what the fuck? And then creates this conversation, which is great. And then maybe we get turned on to, you know, some records that we, maybe if we did this again in 10 years, we <coughs> definitely in there as a tent pole. Do you know what? What hundred percent, but also staff and submit your list, fool. Can't come at us if you're not coming at us with a hundred because you know what I mean it's very easy to look at a top one hundred list and be like, hey, what about? But yeah. until you put your list out there and we can, hey, what about you? Then what's <laughs> up? You know what about that? You know. Also, just want to say Leatherface comes in at number thirty three. The Mush LP is a serious classic, and uh, everyone should check it out. Yeah. I'm not going to lie. I, th- I thought about like some UK omi- omissions and I was like, I actually had to think, I'm like, where is fabric from? I was like, okay, they could maybe count. And I was like, yeah, I don't know about that one or like Bob Tilton. I like that band, but I, I don't know. I feel like there wasn't, there wasn't like a, a micro scene or something like there, there were these little moments where parts of wherever, you know, like there was a, a cool thing happening in Canada that didn't make the list with like uh union of Uranus and shot maker. I, I don't know. It's like also like this stuff, not being readily available, not being on streaming that kind of plays into it. And that's an unfortunate bias, but it, yeah. it kind of is what it is. <laughs> well, Canada not having uh propaganda, how to clean everything. That was a quite a large record of the nineties. It was absolutely crossed yeah. over, crossed over like that was the great uniter between like the fat wreck kids and like the crust punks. You know, it's like everyone liked propaganda. Yeah. You know, so that is a bummer that it's not on here because you're right, Dan. That one is like that's low ranked. I didn't have it on my list, so blame me. Um, also, <laughs> <In> Canada. <laughs> hey, <laughs> you saw we dropped out of the top 200 in Canada, dude. So Canada knows where it can go. Either start <laughs> hey. listening or we don't give a fuck. <laughs> you, let everyone look at the top 30 and see how many records or how many bands in the top 30 you didn't choose because mm-hmm. i think i think that's pretty interesting because i only haven't chosen two of the bands that are in the top 30 yeah i'm at four yeah um Great question, Dan. Great radio. Yeah, I know. That's the I dead air while Ben and Pops are counting. I mean, I didn't choose 30. I know that. And, <laughs> you know, I couldn't, I couldn't put my own bands on the list. It's like the wildest thing of all time. Oh, you Does really that feel should. weird? Like, you did end up at number 30 for a seven-inch that you wrote. Like, how does that feel? I mean, I'm not going to lie. It's super cool. You know, like, who doesn't like when you when you care about something so much to have it acknowledged, like how could you say like I don't care? Like of course, like that's awesome, you know. Like 
to have two records on this list with people that I really respect and I chop it up with, like that's fucking insane to me. <laughs> that's right. Or not a record. One of them's a cassette. One of them's a cassette. Right. We did, we did the demo. So do you feel like the first in my eyes LP is slighted by us going the demo route? No, I think that LP sucks. I can't wait to maybe if he, uh, if I get on the red pot rev pod, I can talk about how bad it, I just don't like, I think that demo was like, exactly what that band was and then the lp was so sterile and weird and i think only to the fault of taking way too long to record it and just people not people not listening to what a hardcore lp should be you know so i think i think the lp is like a great representation of that band i think sterile is the perfect descriptor of that (laughs) following the demo it really is just made in a lab compared to how the demo is full of heart. But if you want to yeah. call it sterile, then like it maybe has more influence. Cause how about all that early 2000 stuff that is just so slick and it's like, Oh, this is hardcore and it's fast, but how is it so sterile? And it's like, if your mom walked into your room, she'd be like, Oh, Johnny's listening to good, positive, good sounding music. It's like, so <laughs> not punk, you know, I'll lay it out right now. So that LP was recorded to a click track. And I think I was so against that because I feel like all the stuff that I think is awesome didn't need to be done to a click. And I totally understand why people do that, whether it's like easier to edit or they're trying to flex their resume or just learn how to do something. But I don't think like not to go on a tangent, but I will say really quickly, when you're recording music to the the hardcore fast beat, which is kind of technically not a correct beat. Like it's kind of off by a half a measure or whatever. Like it's a very strange, like the true fast beats, a very strange beat. Why are you trying to put it in time and uh, syncopate it? Just let it breathe. Like if you, if you started a metronome on any song on start today, it would be faster or slower by the end. And no one gives a fuck. No, like, you, who lo- you lose the animal <laughs> of hardcore when you put it to a click. It yeah. is the complete sterilization of it. And on top of it, some of it is just because the drummers wanted to show that they had chops and that's just boring. Um, <laughs> Dan, you're getting a little echoey now. I don't know why. Oh, um, had, uh, okay. I had, a, I was, I just want to say I had a, we had a long, my band had a long conversation about this cause we're going to record soon about whether or not we should record to a click track. And I'm like, no. And then I was like telling the drummer, Javi, I'm like, but you, you just have to play really well. You just have to be really good. Like let's not play to a click track but just be really good. Like it's a lot to put on a drummer's shoulders, but that's what it is. You know what I mean? All right, then Um, let's see here. What else we want to get into? Oh, I wanted to talk. Okay, go ahead, Ben. Yeah. So um, I, we did the eighties and um, I predicted accurately that there would be a bump in the early eighties and then, uh, uh, it would be, there'd be kind of a dip in the number of picks from the mid eighties and then a big bump again in the late eighties, which is exactly what happened. 82, 83 was a big bump. 88, 89 was a big bump with a, with a kind of a a dip in the middle. So for the nineties, my prediction would be that it would start very strong because, you know, you have a lot of eighties spillover, records you know youth of today and chain of strength have records coming out in 1990 those are bands from the 80s so i thought the decade's going to start really strong then there's going to be a giant drop off and then it would come back in the 
in the late 90s. And that's not actually what happened. Okay, well, one of those things happened. The decade started very strong. So here goes. 1990, there were 17 picks. 91, 11 picks. 92, 7 picks. 93, 10 picks. 94, 14 picks. 95, 9 picks. 96, 10 picks. 97, 9 picks. 98, 9 picks. And then 1999, 4 picks. So what happens is 1990 is even surpasses even my expectations as being um and it is the number one you know the year with the most picks with 17 so you have this really high point and then you you have a little bit of a dip in 92 and then you and then it comes and then it kind of just evens out and you have nine or nine or ten picks for the rest of the decade with a with with a little bit of a bump in 94 and then the biggest loser of the decade is 1999 i would not have predicted predicted that and i don't know what accounts for it all i can think of is like maybe you know we say the 80s you have these big like cons- these records where everyone agrees are classics i think maybe the first half of the 90s it's so far in the past that you have that but you don't have that for the second half of the 90s you don't have as many records where everyone agrees even us four agree like oh that's a classic so that might account for the drop off at well, the very end of the day well hardcore got so much more splintered like what is considered hardcore and punk got so much more splintered in the 90s and spread so much further uh like bordering on indie rock in some bordering on like extreme heavy metal in others and so it it's so much further afield so i mean what's interesting about this is my experience in the 90s is like you know i'm riding for youth crew but i'm also riding for vegan metal i'm also riding for <laughs> straight up like promise ring stuff or ethel me serve and stuff like that like you're just so much further afield in choices so to try and think that there are classic 100 agreed on across the genre of tentpole records is going to be a much more varied discussion than it would be in 1980 to 1989. But here's what's interesting. I have a question. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Could we, could could we make a list of a hundred hardcore adjacent things of the nineties? It would be pretty solid. I think so. Right. Sure. Well, some of them is on on here really. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, like I left off, I left off a ton of things that were like, jaw box into another because i was like well there's things that were more hardcore shutter to think i love shutter to think i feel like i'm not a texas as a reason person but like that's not on, on here right um i f- promise ring i feel like you could do like bands that are hardcore adjacent you'd have another hundred list easily oh okay. yeah, absolutely um and zach's head would explode yeah pretty much <laughs> but- yeah, different Here's, podcast people. Come on. This is interesting though. Um, so the second the the year with the second most picks is ninety four. What do all of us have in common? We're, we we're into that youth crew shit. Ninety four is like there's fucking nothing in that lane, but it we got fourteen Life, picks out regret. of it. That's okay. That's one record. Yeah, but that's one record, Dan. It's yeah. one record. So that's you interesting. Know what I mean? So it is. Hey, his, historically, let's say this. The youth crew revival lasted longer than the youth crew. That's pretty wild. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Good point. Good point. I think that like there's so many, we talk about the nineties splintering. So a lot of stuff starts and kind of 
you know, in the impetus of these new splinters, like those are the records that become a classic. So that's kind of like the years that, that happen, right? Like, I don't know. 94 is a strange one. That doesn't really back me up, you know, but like 94 is wild. He's got set, set it off. It's got scratch the surface, right? Life, love, regret, I mean, 108, songs different. of separation, uh, the rancid album. Bouncing Souls, Good, Bad, and Argyle. Yeah, I've got a bunch. Yeah. Plus, like, you know, if you look lower the list, like, we did get Epifat represented a little bit, right? So That might be it, though. That might be it, because 10, 10 Foot Pole is 94. So if Ten. you add kind of the more, like, NYHC keeping it real shit plus the Epifat stuff, that probably <laughs> explains the 94 bump. Yeah, although Pennywise, we took the first record. That's like 91. Yeah. You know. Let's go is 94. Oh, let's go is 94. There you go. So Hey, okay. can, can we can we address real quick the uh, the metal elephant in the room? Absolutely. What would you like to speak on? I didn't do a, a find in this list, but I believe Converge is not on here, right? Yes. Correct. And so that's, that's a that's hugely, it. that's a massively influential band that yeah. we all didn't pick and i mean i'm not a connoisseur of this style but i feel like unbroken being on here converge not maybe that's a little i don't know i'm just i'm throwing the topic out there that's it yeah so i think that's (laughs) that's actually a perfect example because i threw out like an idea and then i wasn't able to like back it up with anything and that's kind of the, the idea i was talking about with like when these threads start you know like some of that earlier stuff is considered classic. And then like when it, when it goes for a few years, like maybe the people that aren't true fans of the genre, like fall off, which Mm -hmm. I think is the reason why 99 falls off, right? Like almost every genre of hardcore is getting like maybe a little tired, you know, and it's time for something new. That's why like something like an American nightmare can come in and just like bang it out and like become the biggest band in hardcore, even though they're so abrasive and wild. You know, it's just like because everything was stale. Um, I don't know, but like that would be why Life, Love, Regret, right, is on my list. It's really high, and I I could never get into Convergence too zany and and metally for me. I, I can I can objectively know that they're a great band, right? But it's just like mm-hmm. it's too smart for me. They really should be on the list, though. They're at like one hundred five on my list, like, but, and but the, another band that didn't make it that really should be on the list. If we're talking nineties hardcore and is Snapcase. Oh yeah, that's yeah. a glaring omission. Wow. <laughs> yes, Snapcase, uh Dead Guy, right? Yep. And uh Damnation A D. Eh. Um the first indecision LP didn't make the top one hundred. Yeah. So um, there's there's a bunch of stuff. Like we aren't like metal hardcore connoisseurs, really. Like which is insane because like I feel like the list like represents a fair amount of that pretty well. But it leans very early '90s on the metal stuff, right? Like an integrity record is '91, right? Unbroken's '94, you know. So we're definitely going to get eviscerated for Converge not being represented in the top 100, and rightfully so to an extent. But you know, everyone's favorite Converge record came out in the 2000s, right? I mean, I don't, I don't like that band at all. But, but it, pati- seems, it seems that- the empty sky. Okay. Right. That's a breakout record. Like I saw him at showcase Game on changer. that. And, like it was huge. Yeah. You know. Yeah, you're right. Jane Doe like had another massive imprint, but Petitioning the Empty Sky when it came out had a massive imprint as well. Right. Right. But yeah, 
But even then, like, I wouldn't know if it was that one or when forever comes crashing, like which one people would consider more classic, right? The 96 or the 98. So whatever one starts like one that goes, right. That's on petitioning. Okay. Yeah. So that's like, yeah, that one maybe should have gotten voted, but Hey, it's really hard to detach myself. Like, again, it's like, if I were to look at this, because I don't know really anything about this band, um, I wouldn't know what LP to choose. And maybe if it was like in the eighties, right. Where there is those like consensus albums, like let's say that you don't know like the circle jerks, right. But you're like, dude, the circle jerks, they gotta be on my eighties list because yeah, it's the circle jerks. Like you just know, like putting group sex, right. Like, I mean, is some people might do wild on the streets, I guess, but no, you're doing group sex. Right. But like this converge, you're looking at, it's like, ah, shit, they got like, three LPs in the nineties. Like, I don't know what to pick. You know what I mean? Yeah. I think, I think it's like, which type of converger are you, you know, like there, I'm sure there's some people who are like, what about halo in a haystack? That's an LP, right? Like yep. that's one that was like, that was regionally a big record, you know? And then that person gets out of hardcore or whatever, but that's their tentpole record. And then, you know, like you said, someone else like Jane Doe is the tattoo record. Like they have that on their elbow or something. It's, 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 yeah, again, it's, it's, I think that's, what's really unlike other genres, like hardcore is very tethered to entry points and time, you know, like you could be the biggest jazz fan ever and you never saw one person on anyone in your record collection. They're all dead but you know, you're encyclopedic about jazz and that's like, there's not many people who love hardcore who are like that. Yeah, that's fair. It's more personal, but that's also like the reason why we like hardcore. Right. I mean, like in the beginning, when we all got into hardcore, some of the appeal of it was the person on stage. There's not that much of a barrier between that person and the person in the crowd. Right. Like, I mean, that's, that's a lot of the appeal of punk and hardcore. Although like, by the time I get into punk, all my favorite bands are behind barriers and they never like come out from behind them anymore. Right. <laughs> Which is like one of the reasons why I love hardcore so much more than I like, you know, punk. Like I'm not, I don't know. It, it's interesting. Like who can get inspired from going to like the punk and Drublick festival. Right. It's like, it's just like a giant punk show. All the bands are behind barriers. No one's really socializing or if they do like a couple of people come out. Right. But like, there's no mingling. Like we all fell in love with like hardcore and small rooms. And so I don't know if you could ever, we can try to be as objective as we want, but you can never take the full on personal experience out of it, you know? Yeah. Anyway. Okay. One thing I want to talk about is I believe the highest record on the list that made the top 100 that only one person voted for was one of mine. I ranked uh, the Turbo Negro Apocalypse Dudes LP number eight. And so it made the list at 79 and there's a handful of these and a fair amount of them are mine. So I'm kind of like an outlier, dude. I think I was the only person that voted for powerhouse. No regrets Uh, that ended up at number 83 on the list because I had it so high. I had it at um, number, let's see, number 17. So it made it in Um, Dan. Do you see anything on the list? Like of your solo ones that made it? Oh yeah, there's there's quite a few that um made it. I had the Gehenna demo, or did you vote that one too? 
I didn't. So that one made it number 81. Yeah, Gehenna Demo, Kill Holiday, Meant to Let You Down. Uh, and I had the only the strong 7-inch that's in there, as well as um, Swinging Out of Streets of San Francisco, which cool. so is funny because they, they beat you know the amenity 7-inch, which three of us voted for. It's just because I probably had some of those ranked really high. Um, yeah, you ranked it um, so high. Um I voted also, for I'm glad that that uh, oh, only the strong made it. It's like one of the greatest records in the '90s. You know, it's just like I didn't again, just like the '80s. I told you guys, like I'm not voting on comps, so that's all. But like that would have been in my top 25, probably if I would have like done comps. But like, God, that's such a dangerous hole that I didn't want to go down. Ben, what were you gonna say? Oh, um, I actually did vote for Kill Holiday, but I voted for a different um, a different record. It was I don't know why I said vote. I've just made a list like everyone else. I, I did the monitor dependency <laughs> EP uh, from. Kill That's Holiday. okay. It, it's it okay got the to points, say so. vote over and over again because people do need to vote because look at the fucking state we're in. Yeah. Well, Ben, your point <laughs> is taken because it did get the points, right? So you, you did vote for that one. Um, right. okay. Pops, did any of your single picks end up making the top 100? <clears throat> Good yeah, question. You- You'd have to look no. between seventy nine and one hundred. Pitchfork. If you did. picked so, yeah. So pitchfork is a pops. Lincoln. I pitchfork. Probably. I had pitchfork as well. I had Lincoln oh, ben as well. Oh okay. oh, okay. So those made it. Um. All right. Yeah. Ben, any years? Um. Did anyone else vote for Atari or Fast Break or Rancor? I, I voted for Fast Break for okay. sure. Okay. So I guess Atari and Rancor, maybe? Where mm, I, was- I don't think so. What? What was that? <laughs> oh, shit. I'm offside. What? What? What is going on? Uh-oh. Penalty on the field. Excessive trolling. Edgelord Merlis. 25-point penalty on his solo picks. Oh <laughs> man. Ben Solo Pig's got a 25-point penalty. Voice guy Tony is brutal for excessive which, trolling, Ben. Which ones? So, well, I don't know because, oh, I guess I could look on the master list. Let's look at the penalty list. Um, The highest one was Into Another Ignorance. That one, it ended up at 102 on the list. So it just missed the, the 100. Um, because he got the 25-point penalty. What? That's insane. <laughs> Why? What? Why? Well, I can understand Into Another is debatable, right? It's a Jace as fuck. I didn't, I, didn't choo- I didn't knock anything out this time. There was no, this is not punk stuff that got called. Just yeah. any, any of Ben's solo picks got a 25-point penalty for his excessive trolling. Any of them? Any of them, but if any of his picks had a second person vouching for him, then it did not get the penalty. So if Ben voted for something and a second person also voted for it, it's like 100% full points. But due to his excessive trolling, if it was a solo pick, it got a 25 point penalty. Ben, defend yourself. Um, where so this is from this is like my punishment for the 80s list, or is this for my punishment for this list? the 90s list because come on dude look at like where you rank tiebreak 
You know, all that stuff that you rank tiebreak over, that's like offensive. I know you're trolling. You don't have sick of it all on your list for the 90s? Come on. Wait, I, I ranked a band high and you're saying I'm trolling because I ranked a band high. Like I like a band, so that's trolling? Isn't that the reverse of yeah, trolling? I think, no. <laughs> it's like championing. You're trolling because you're saying underdog. it's better than all the other stuff. You're saying you're saying it's better than all the other stuff. Okay, uh, Ben. Which is like impossible. To be fair, I was just about to defend you, but you have tiebreak. Uh, two points ahead of Ignite, call on my brothers. Exactly. Perfect example, dude. Yeah, There's no way that like tiebreak record there. is... And you loved it. It may, it it meant so much to you in the 90s. You talk about it, dude. Yeah, and like, I like Montserrat Caballo if you I want like, an opera singer. Well, I like tiebreak better now, so... Dude, <laughs> the tiebreak record is like if Rancor was shittier. You know what I mean? Like it doesn't deserve to be on the top 100, you know? So like, it's a fun record, but it's like, yeah, third rate nineties youth group hardcore is like fun, but like, dude, there's so many good records in the nineties. Like there's no way this should be number 60 above ignite. Like but come on, above dude. floor punch, above, above, Vail. above the in my eyes demo, but this above is- rain on the parade that you just talked about how much you loved it, above the in my eyes demo, above floor punch, above the battery LP, like dude, uh, shaky drumming, above the ringworm LP, um, <laughs> integrity light. No, um, the thing is, you two are trolling me, so you you're you should get the the penalty twenty five point penalty because you're trolling me right now. Right? What are you talking about? We're trolling I, you. No, you're trolling me. You're I, like, I, you like tiebreak. They suck. I can't take your list seriously because objectively, that is like a shitty hardcore record. <laughs> I like it. So, like, all your other, all your other, like, picks are cool <laughs> if someone like co-signed on it, dude. That's my whole point. So, all you needed was one other person, and all that stuff is on there. There's plenty of like stuff on here that got two votes. You know. <laughs> I'm not part of this trolling. I'm just uh, an innocent bystander commenting on what I see. And I will say, you having tiebreak at 60 and then ignite at 62, and then you've got a veil below it, judge below it, uh, rain on the parade, in my eyes. Damn, just jump right to it. Just jump right to it. Ben, please... Please explain to Pops how the tiebreak seven inch is better than the In My Eyes demo, and and I'll go on mute right now. Um, I I wouldn't say it's better. <laughs> I say I listened to it more in 2022 than the In My Eyes demo. I listened to the In My Eyes second LP more than I listened to the tiebreak fucking seven inch in 2022. That's just, this is my. You're saying that it should be ranked higher. You're, you're saying hey, I it thought you were on higher. Mute. You're saying it should be ranked higher on the 185 miles south top 100 records of the 90s. Tie break higher than MI's demo. The whole point is we average each other out, but of course you had to say I'm trolling by trolling me and then getting rid of my picks. <laughs> what other picks did you get rid of? Uh, let's is, see what is might this, have is made this, it. Is this like all the Spider-Mans pointing at each other saying who's trolling who? <laughs> <laughs> Um, other things that got bumped that are close, like uh, Shutter to Think, mm-hmm. got bumped. It it's one hundred eleven. So I don't mm-hmm. know if it would have made it if I was gonna take out the. It would have. Okay, and then maybe the Rain twelve inch EP. Uh huh. That that got ranked at one sixteen. 
Ashes, uh, the Ashes, Ashes LP got one eighteen, mm-hmm. and let's see, Force Down Stifle got one twenty one. So, that so that's it. Jawbox one twenty six. Then we're Captain Jazz one thirty three. One sided War one thirty nine. Come on, um, Kid <laughs> Dynamite, good record. That's one forty four. I don't think it would have made it even with the twenty five. So those are the ones that got like. Yeah, I didn't know that was 99. Yeah, of all the ones you named, the one I'm kind of surprised didn't make did, – someone else didn't vote on is Kid Dynamite. But – so it goes. Right, so there's other ones like – yep. So it's not that big of a bummer. And, uh, well, it, if you, if you want to think about – I mean, in the consensus court, if it's considered tro- – not trolling, but like not quite hardcore punk – Pops avoided Shudder to Think and a couple of these other things, which he surely would have taken if he was taking the same uh, idea of this hardcore adjacent stuff getting on the list. Totally. Yeah. Right? You know, Pops, are you there? Yeah. You know, plus like, plus... That's 100% true because, I don't know. I mean, I was going through the list and I and I had like a like a hard stop for most things. I was like, is there something more hardcore... Like, for example, 98 Aspen Feast. How do you call the cops on the cops? Like, I had to put that on there, that title rules. That record's awesome. And I love Shudder to Think, but if I'm going, huh, I'm going to tell people what 100 great hardcore records are, I'm not putting Shudder to Think on there. Or Pop. Hardcore adjacent, they might be like five, you know? What if you uh, included the punk banner, though, Pops, still hardcore or punk? Should it be there or not? Would Shudder to Think be included, or right over the? I think they're. It's way I think they're neither than it is punk, in my opinion. Well, here, let what did Pop say? Because you guys talk at the same time, Dan. Hold off. No, no, I think I think it falls in the same. It it falls into the into another category of people from hardcore punk playing something outside of it, right? That like if if into another or Shudder to Think had their druthers, they would have been playing with. You know, I don't know who would Shudder to Think play with, like Echo and the Bunny Men or something, right? Like they wouldn't be opening for Swizz. Well, <laughs> you know, it's just, I don't know. Well, what I will tell you, Pops, the first time I ever saw Shudder to Think play was they were opening for Sonic Youth. And, right. you know, at, at, at the Del Mar Fairgrounds, and it was a big, you know, college rock, alt rock show, not a punk show. Well, okay, so we can agree now that the penalty is uh, proper. And uh, but, but let's ask one more person because you know when I almost went to heaven, I uh, I, uh, I was able to figure out how to make contact with some people beyond. So Ooh. let me see if I can get uh, Tim Yohannan over here. Hey, Tim, what do you think, dude, uh, about the penalty? I am the ghost of Tim Yohannan. I will allow it. All right, it's settled. Tim Yohannan backed me up, so what's up? Yeah, the king of what's punk and what's not. MRR was kind of boring. <laughs> See, anyway. still going, dude. You know, MRR, like, that's probably like mm, number 120 on punk fanzine list. <laughs> I like a lot more <laughs> fanzines than that. Too though, 
Of course, but dude, the MRR like classifieds, like that gets it top 20 just alone. You know? <laughs> Come on. The classifieds and the ads. Like, and the right to so reply. <laughs> and the right to reply. <laughs> Jesus. Fuck MRR, dude. Fuck anyone that worked there in the year 2001. Suck my dick. Okay. Anything else uh, that jumps out to you guys on this list? Anything else you want to chat it up on, uh, Dan? Um, yeah, I I feel when you get down into the like sixty to the end of the list, it it's really interesting. There's lots of things that are undeniably earned their spots on here. You know, rain on the parade body bag at at seventy five. Life's halt. We sold our souls at seventy four. AF one voice only being at sixty two. Is that low rank or what? Um. Yeah, that's you know, way low ranked, you know? That's way low ranked. There's a lot of that in here, but hey, at least it made the list, right? I mean, dude, that's the thing. Ben, I think Ben said it best for the 80s, right? Ben, how many – you thought that there was like 250 crucial LPs for the 1980s, right? Yeah, so it's like, like making the 100 is like – Yeah, like 200. Yeah, so 200. So, yeah, so like if you're making like the – you're saying those are good, right? Like those are good or great records. So it's like – you're cutting in half the amount of great records that came out in the nineties is so much more like open that like is very hard. It's why I didn't bump anything this time. There wasn't like a, this isn't punk. Um, ben was just trolling. So he got booted, but if he had someone backing him up, they did not get like sucked down. Right. Yeah. AF at uh, 62 is, is probably pretty low. Yeah. But like you can look at a lot of stuff and be like, it's, Higher low. Like, I think the list overall is pretty good and it's pretty sick that, like, everything from number one to number 78 all had like a co signer, right? So these are all records that at least two of us signed off on that are like top 100 records. I think that's ill. Well, if we, if we want to talk about something extremely 90s, the highest ranked CD only release is Death Threat Last Days at number 46. Shit, and that should have been number one, dude. That's like one of the greatest records of the nineties. I know that um I mean it's ill and Ben is probably like, why is a CD only at forty six? There should be a CD in the top ten. But um the Bane holding this moment comp of the two seven inches is also a CD only at forty eight. Three three seven that- inches. Oh three seven inches, yeah, you're right. Um, and then Powerhouse No Regrets 83 CD only, and then everything else is available on vinyl. So there's only which is so funny because I feel like when you think back to the 90s, so much of your interaction with this stuff was with CDs. But I feel like I bought the CD and the vinyl for lots of these things vinyl to like put away CD to play in the car type thing, or CD to put in the CD man then, which had the tape adapter to go in the car stereo. <laughs> Ugh. Right. Know. Yeah. I wanted to mention, uh, there's three records that had two votes that didn't make the top 100, uh, buried alive. The death of your perfect world came in at 113. Uh, it got rated 54 and 94. And then at 128, chorus of disapproval, truth gives wings to strength. I believe is what the LP is called. Um, it got ranked at 74 and 83. 
uh, by two people. It didn't make it. Got in at 128. And then the built the last uh, an- another CD only Dan. Yeah. So built the last the CD. It came in at I don't the know, band. Yeah, the CD built uh, built the last is a band. It is the self titled CD, and it came in at I don't know. I think tied for one twenty eight. It tied for one twenty eight. Okay, there yeah. you go. Cool. I'll tell you uh, where it got voted though. Let's see how. Built to Last got ranked at 93 and 98. So by the two people, and then it missed the list. CDEP 1997. Okay, let's jump into some things that I think are egregious, um, other than Ben Solo picks. I think <laughs> criminally rated low Hatebreed LP at number 26 is insane that Hatebreed LP isn't in the top 25. My next gripe. Uh, poison idea, fill the darkness, criminal. That's not in the top twenty-five. Can and then I, these are these are all rated really low. What you just said, Hatebreed coming in at twenty-six. It's so egregious that it's not in the top twenty-five. Well, it should be in the top ten. It should be in the top ten, and it's like okay, it's not in the top ten. Uh, maybe if it was in the top twenty, it's like okay, that would be offensive if it was like number eighteen or some shit. I'd be like, why is this not in the top ten? But at least it's in the top 20. But then if it was in the top 25, if it was number 24, I'd be like, what the fuck? Why is this Hebrew record Zach, not in the top 20? What? The poison idea, you, you're you mad that it's not that it, that's not in the top 10? You didn't put it in the top 10. I'm looking at your list. You have it at number 11. Thank you. I haven't said that it should have been top 10 yet, dude. I was talking <laughs> about the Hebrew. Oh, I thought you were talking about poison top, idea. Nah, dude. Poison idea should have been top 20 for sure. You know? 29, a little low. But I guess that's not that egregious. You're right. Okay. Um, I think the Good Riddance LP is spectacular. The first one, Forgotten Country, number 88. I guess I should just be glad that's on the list um, because I know that's not like a consensus pick with all of us. But for the 90s, I think that the Coldest Life LP only getting 93. Again, at least it's on the list, but fuck. That's probably top 50. Cause for Alarm Warzone split. Those four Warzone songs are... That makes it top 20. Come on, people. Uh, <laughs> Death Side, the bet on the possibility should have been ranked higher. Um, I'm glad that the Bastard LP got ranked higher, but that Death Side LP coming in at 98 is a bummer. And then two things that are on the – oh, three things that are on the list that are very offensive to me. I think that Kill Your Idol should have made the list for the 90s for sure. Um, I think I was the only person that voted on this is just the beginning 10-inch. Um, having Kill Your Idols off, maybe that's as egregious as not having Converge on or something. Like they were one of like the, I don't know, hard hitting DIY touring bands that like crossed a couple genres. Uh, very important to me personally. Um, so them, they came in at 109. The Bulldoze seven inch coming in at 115. Again, offensive that doesn't make the top 100. Basically started a whole fucking genre. And Ain't uh, nothing but a rank down, dude. Nothing but a low rank from the 185. That blows. Hopefully, we don't get beat down. Um, okay, and then the District 9 7-inch should definitely be on for the 90s. Like, that's a top 100 record for sure. And there's so much to that record. I don't know. It's like, whatever, dude. That that offends me. But what can you do? Dan, anything super offensive that stands out to you uh, on the list or omitted from the list? Well, I think... Um, that was a, a massive point about 
converge. I think that is a very valid point. So as you're all sharpening your knives, listening to this pod and, you know, about to rage on us about certain things, um, and especially uh, Colin of Arabia is going to come looking for us because he was already mad about, what was it, 96 we did the other day and Converge not being on it. It All in the comments. Um, I would have to say there are some things on here that I can understand why, why they're on here, but, you know, there's a few things that just don't speak to me at all, but that's you know, the name of the game. The Call things, out a couple, Dan. Um, like, f- for example, the um, Blood for Blood split, spit my last breath, I don't think needs to be necessarily on the 100 when I see a lot of the stuff that didn't make it. Like, the Filth Blatt's shit split not being on here is offensive to me. Um, I think that's a massive 90s record, for, especially West Coast punk hardcore um and um i've never been a big peg boy person and they're ranked pretty high um but i know a lot of people that are i'm really psyched that you know around the halfway of the list we've got uh main strike and sportswear representing and then i think confront payday seven inch is incredibly low ranked at what 49 um, and then, like I say, the the things that I am very surprised that aren't on this list would be things like Snapcase, Converge, Damnation AD, Endeavor, Threadbare. These are all things that just shout uh, another victim. They're all things that shout like 90s hardcore to me, but they didn't quite make the list. They were just uh, a little bit low. They didn't quite make my list too. They were like, um, you know, guilty, guilty of being in my one hundred one through one ten. Uh, and then, yeah, I, I. This is such a fun exercise, and you know, we are going to have to put up with some people telling us we're on crack or whatever. But hey, present your list. Show us where you're at. I'm actually you know, through this process, I am pretty happy with the top 100 really. Um, because it, it shows four different people's tastes all mingling. One of them being un- unfortunately banalized, but, um, it shows all four people's tastes and, and people who, you know, really ride for nineties hardcore. And this is what came out being representative of all four of us, you know? I do think the hate breed is criminally uh, for what it birthed, just the same way that I feel like the Earth Crisis is low-ranked too. But for the most part, I think it's really good. I think having things on here like Heroin and Drive Like Jehu and um, Lincoln show a little bit more of what the 90s really were like uh, than just having temple hard hardcore or like catchy hardcore or youth crew i think having those things where you know i'm surprised still life and a couple other things didn't make it but having that kind of ripple 
in in hardcore going a little further afield and tapping into emotion and tapping into arts and tapping into uh, a different kind of songwriting being represented on the list is great because if we didn't have any of that it wouldn't be a proper 90s list so those are my thoughts cool well the blood for blood lp smashes on like the last 10 things he talked about pops any uh takeaways things that you think are too high on the list or got left off i think there's a lack of power violence representation which is pretty important but i can live with that i think the omissions of the iceburn collective campfire and fight records artist good clean fun is a little more problematic but (laughs) other than that i feel good about it you know i feel like i feel like this is a good swath of what was happening yeah Let's see the the power violence stuff. Infest made it this time, like higher than last time, which is good. I believe. But there's no like, there's no man is a bastard, right? There's yes. no yeah. crossed out. Um, the locust. Yeah, plutocracy. I don't know. I think that shit was just crossed out. Made number fifty eight. Oh, okay, cool, cool. Um, yeah, so it got represented with two things, right? Um, I think man, know, man is a bastard is the one because they were just. They were like a patch band, right? Like they were, you would see people like with that patch. And I think that logo is super iconic and they're, they're just a super interesting band. I understand if they don't hold up musically to some people, but I think they were definitely like a very progressive, interesting band that probably should be represented, but I mean, whatever. I, I don't, I don't think there's anything too egregious, you know? Right, and you're you voted for Neanderthal at number forty six, and it didn't make it. So that would that be thing the fucking thing. crushes that record crushes. Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's another little bit of a blind spot, you know. So again, the nineties are just so vast; it's easy to like miss stuff, right? And it's like, for instance, I think of that Blood for Blood LP is amazing. It's in my top fifty, and Daniel doesn't think it should be in the top one hundred. And Daniel and me, you think that like we overlap on like maybe. 70% of our hardcore stuff. So that's pretty wild. Well, um, it's also it's interesting that I did put blood for blood on my list, but I chose living in exile. Right. So you like when they change it to like the rock and roll stuff and they totally lose me by then. <laughs> so, I mean, that first record is like one of my favorites. Like, you know, that's like my favorite style of hardcore is like straightforward, a little heavier, big moshes still have fast parts. Like it's, it's pretty near perfect to me. Um, yeah, Ben, how about you? Um, I think overall it's a great list. Um, despite how I was uh, you know, wronged with my penalty penalty picks. Um, but you know, I'm looking at this list and I'm like, yeah, this is this is pretty rad and it's pretty representative of of the time. And of course, you know, you know I I'm not a Madball fan or Hapri fan, but of course it, those two are going to make the list, so it's not like a there's no huge surprises here. Like how the fuck did that get on this list? It's like, yeah, this is a good list. Um, there was a one thing that pops brought up in a, in a group text that I wanted to touch on really quickly. Um, he said who, which individual played on the most records on this list. And so I think we figured out that it must've been Walter Schreifels because he played bass on the youth of today record. He sang and played guitar on the quicksand record he sang and I think played guitar on the Moondog uh, one. And then um, 
he produced the Civ record and he played on something like either bass or guitar on some of the songs. So that's four records. And then I went back and did the same thing for the eighties, which didn't take much time. It's obviously going to be Ian McKay, teen idols, minor threat embrace Fugazi. So four, four for him as well. So that's kind of interesting. Like what, which individual sort of dominates the decade. That is interesting. So what Brett Bratton Bratton comes in second, right? With like, Three appearances, uh, Inside Out, uh, Chain of Strength, which are you know number one and two, which is pretty impressive. And statue, right? And statue, statue, and I think that's and Alpine. It. Alpine, kind of. I don't know. He didn't play on the Inside Out record, maybe. That is correct because Chris Bratton did. Yep. So he's got Chain and Statues. That's pretty impressive, though. Yeah. Yeah. So, yep. Great list. I'm glad Bad Religion is up there. They're they're a big one for the 90s for me and Against the Grain is just an incredible record. That's a really funny one because at 8 it's almost underrated. Like it, it you take it for granted like they're such a fantastic band you're like, "Oh, it's not their best record, but it's a powerhouse record." Yeah. <laughs> it might be their best record. Like I don't know, I'm a suffer guy, but Against the Grain is a hard number two for me. Oh wait, can I ask a can I ask a question? Sure. Not to slander the no the uh, turning point no escape split, which is awesome, but why the lack of love for the LP? Is it the funk bass? I love the funk bass. No, I just think <laughs> that that later turning point is so exceptional, and like yeah, we've, yeah. we've talked a lot, like on the pod, like using the nervous breakdown seven inch mostly as the example, but does like one ten like. 10 ranked song like it's like a perfect 10 like it outranks <laughs> like three number nines you know what i mean and i don't know if the turning point lp has like a high enough high is like that turning point side of that split uh the self-titled, self-titled track and face up i think can hold the hold themselves up to the thing but then the added point of getting no escape on there as well you know so the and also these turning point songs birthed another genre. You know, you're talking mm-hmm. about other things that birth genres that really, those two songs really birthed a lane of hardcore that was excessively done after. And a cool band took their name from it. Right. So that's really awesome. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's, but that is hard because like on almost everything else, I, I lean LP, but the, that late turning point is just so spectacular. You know, it's a, it's a cool argument because, you know, if you think like bands from the eighties that went into the nineties and did something really relevant, like to me, they were, it was like, Oh, straight edge hardcore isn't done. It's a little more progressive. And like, we can drop a banger LP and keep it going. And it obviously didn't go in that direction, but then they they're like yeah we're progressing then we do this thing and and like dan said that it spawns genres it's pretty pretty impressive it's a pretty a pretty impressive body of work yeah the- Dude, if there are these two turning point songs plus broken was like the other side is that a top five seven inch yes a hundred percent no question i have yeah, yeah, I throw, have- throw, throw the throw the rap song on from the uh New age comp too. That thing rips. Well, here's there you my. Go. That's the seven inch. Go ahead, Ben. 
Oh, my my rationale was very similar to Zach's. I had Turning Point No Escape split as my number two because of the Turning Point side. Like if it was a one sided seven inch, it would be my number two. And I like No Escape, but the reason it's number two is because of Turning Point. And I think uh, Behind This Wall is probably my favorite song ever recorded. Uh, number one, I had Hello Bastards um, because you know it's. You know, it's a 10 and it's an LP. So another another sort of Zach thing of, you know, my God, they were able to pull off a whole album of of perfect of perfection. It, it's uh for for a band like that. It's um I Yep. I have one more point uh, about the master list that for such a band to almost define this decade within Hardcore shows across the world. Sick of it all being at 16 is low, I feel, even though it is in the top 20. Um, And then another point, uh, just look around versus scratch the surface. I think that will make a great head-to-head when when we do another mash pod, if we look at that, because I think that's a really interesting putting those two records up against each other in the 90s. Uh, but I think sick of it all being the band that when you think of the hardcore band of the nineties, that was just dominating. Maybe it's because lots of people regard their 1980s output as being their very best thing. But if you were around in the nineties, sick of it all were bringing it with arguably the best live show and, um, were just uniters. They played with all kinds of different bands and for them to be at 16, I think is low ranked. Fair, but 16 is also pretty high ranked. It's top 20, dude. Like what a negative approach get for the eighties. You know what I mean? Like it was like, it was low in the top 20. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Also tie break was ranked higher than sick of it all on one of our lists. Yeah, that's fucked up. I don't think Ben ranked sick of it all. That was part of the penalty, dude. You know, it's like tiebreak makes number 60 and sick of it all doesn't make the list. Come on, dude. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Sorry, Ben. Um, okay, final thoughts. Ben, you feel good about the list outside of, uh, you know, now that your you're trolling has been been fixed you still feel good about the list yeah because what did we we established that into another would have made the list had that penalty not happened and then what there was only a couple things that actually would have had the, the points to make the list anyway right 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 yeah so it's yeah, like and like, eh, not like that stuff that would be in your top like 20 so right okay so another and and shudder to think would have been the two that yeah. made it right you ranked those really high so okay uh but final thoughts ben um, I think like the, the top, it, it starts getting wonky towards the bottom. You know, you got stuff like path of resistance, which I like, but I've already told my feelings about that on another, another podcast, like amenity, like stuff that like, it, it, there's, there's not as, as much of an argument to tell, to, to make that these are, are classics, but goddamn, the first three quarters of this list are pretty fucking incredible like this was a very good decade and i look back of at it 
I, I spent the nineties wishing it were the eighties. I, that's how I spent the nineties. And now I'm looking back at the nineties and I'm like thinking, Nope, that, that was a really great decade. So it was cool to do an exercise like this, just to have it laid out and be like, okay, like I did miss a lot by, you know, not by not being old enough to go to shows in the seventies or eighties, but I did see a lot that was cool after all. Like my life has been validated. <laughs> yeah. You know, you saying that you ride for the first three quarters that that really lines up with the list, I think, because again, it isn't until number 79 that there is a pick that makes a list that a single person voted for. Right. So number one through number 77 or 78 is consensus. So Dan, final thoughts on this. Um, I I like our list. I think it's going to spur some interesting conversation. Um, I think my personal list, I would be like Earth Crisis Cheeks, man, and I would get all 10 of my top 10 tattooed on my cheeks. Uh, <laughs> I'm, not saying, I'm not saying which cheeks, um, but my top 10, oh my God, I'm looking at it right now. It should be the top 10 of the uh, consensus list, but it's not. Um, I got I got to say, it's going to be r- really fun to uh, engage in the Instagram chat when this all goes live because there are there's so much more opinion that could be extolled in the 90s uh, bracket than could be in the 80s. Like you said, like, there are 200 great LPs. Yeah, people are going to yell that we didn't have, you know, 113 on our top 100. But this, the taste level can go so much further afield that it's going to be interesting to see, like, the people that do fuck with the pod um, where they where they uh, choose to fight battles with us about stuff. I, anyway, I just love doing this stuff. I love nerding out on hardcore. It's the best thing ever. Hardcore rules. Yeah. And anyone that thinks I have too much sway on this stuff, Funeral Oration comes in at 104. So uh, it didn't make the list. Um, <laughs> and we're doing the 70s next, people. Pops, final thoughts on this? I think it's a great list. I think it's very uh, representational of what was happening. I would be remiss if I didn't say that there was a lot of women LGBTQ plus that didn't make the list. And that's not because those bands weren't important. It just wasn't a consensus of, you know, a hundred spots. But I think what was very cool about the nineties is that sure. You're always going to miss what you didn't experience, but when you, when you zoom out and look at what you did experience, I don't know. I think, a lot of my exposure to different lifestyles, different ways of thinking was in that very formative time. And that's really important to me. So if, if those things didn't make the list, that's okay because I kind of carry that with me. And I think if you look at some, I think, you know, go through nineties flyers and see the types of bands that were playing together and the ideas that were commingling. And I think that's really special. And it's not um it's not me saying it was better i just i think it is very special to have that period of time where you were exposed to things that made you a little uncomfortable and 
opened your eyes and, and made you coexist with people that weren't your background. And I think, I think that's the, the part of the list that isn't represented, not in a bad way. It's just, you know, a list is a finite thing, right? But all the experience around it being around there is it's, it's kind of like who I am today. And I, I don't know, it's, it's very cool to be able to work on something like this and have a conversation with everyone and put it out there. And now the discourse will begin and that's great. I, I, yeah. I yeah. I love that. And that's why it's, that's why we did it. Right. Like the same thing. Plus I did the one for the eighties. We wanted to like put ours out there and that's, what's important is people put your list out there. You want your, your list to live forever, or at least until I stop paying like the Squarespace money, send me this <laughs> on a single page and I will put it on our website. You know what I'm saying? Dan, where were you trying to get in? Yeah, I was just, I was just going to echo what Anthony's saying. Like it, it's interesting that our nineties list has, you know, it touches on certain things, but there are so many shows where like, you know, the peaches were playing with, you know, excessive force or something, you know, just, yeah, yeah, exactly. So (laughs) much stuff was happening on a DIY basis in the nineties where, I mean, you think of the eighties, there was big money, big shows in, in, on both coasts, and then it just kind of ran out like the it wasn't there anymore for promoters to do big things so it was it went to a very DIY basis and the the sharing of the punk spaces and putting together multiple genres that would never happen in 2022 at a show was so fucking rad and it, it it's hard to reflect that through the list but they're on there, like the the variation. And, you know, yeah, things like um, I put on the Crudo's uh, Spitboy split because, you know, I, it was important to get Spitboy on there as well. It didn't quite make the list because the other Crudo's record was ranked higher. But um, it goes to say, like, there was a lot more pushing of politics and personal politics and sexual politics that were happening within our scene that were challenging a lot of, um, a lot of people that were coming from the suburbs. And I think it was fantastic. And I just wanted to echo that point that uh, pops was talking about because there really were some very varied bills in this, in this decade. And I think that was for the entire betterment of punk and hardcore. Yeah, I want to I want to say one thing real quick that something that made a huge impression on me was you know being someone who I might drive an hour to a show, right? And then the things I take home, you know, I I grab a bunch of zines or whatever and it was kind of an awesome time because there was a lot of free things that you could pick up, right? Just literature, whatever. Literature, I'm going to use that loosely, but <laughs> you know, paper, <laughs> ephemera, right? Yeah. You could pick up all this ephemera and then you're on your ride home and you're reading things like it's a very finite space and you're reading things that are like a little out of your comfort zone and it might not resonate. It might not be anything, but I think having that, having that space to go somewhere and exchange ideas and at least be exposed to them. I'm very fortunate to come from that. Like I, I really think, you know, that the seventies, eighties, 
you're not going to touch it, right? Like it's, it's absolutely incredible and diverse and amazing, but I don't want to discount the nineties of people kind of taking ownership of that audience and doing something with it. Because I think a lot of people who are very progressive in that zone are still progressive today. And I think that's very important and I'll, I'll get off my soapbox now. Yeah. I want to mention uh, the Los Crudos they got brought up. That's another interesting one because three people voted for them and it was three different records. So like the same shine that we were given shelter for having like such a, a catalog where people ride for different parts of it. We should say that for them. And, and they were also like pretty solidly ranked uh, 23, 57 and 59 for the crudo stuff. Um, and I think the only person that didn't vote for him was Ben. Cause he's a racist. Okay. And oh, then uh, <laughs> just playing. <laughs> we're just fucking around. That's because Ben, you called me out on something on some pod. Like you put me in No, like, it was it was the eighties one. He said you were transphobic because you erased his pick of that song being about uh the replacement song being about uh trans lives. Yeah, I was trying to be vague so I wouldn't get it again. Thanks, Dan. Um <laughs> fucking asshole. And I didn't say you were transphobic. I merely insinuated it. It's true. You just insinuated it. Totally. Anyone with half a brain could figure out what you're getting at. <laughs> Myself included has about 70% of a brain. Um, I want to say like the nineties, like my lasting impression of it is like, I love it. It's when I get into punk and hardcore and there's such a big tent and I ride for like both sides of it. Right. Like I love the big, beautiful beast that is hardcore. And that's because I love like the tough guy knucklehead stuff. And I love the ultra PC stuff, right? Where like, they don't get it all the way. And I just don't think that like this thing would be the same without both sides of it. You know, it's like, and I don't know if I would have this outlook if, if I didn't get into hardcore in the nineties, right. To have an appreciation for both sides of it to like, you know, like a lot of like the, the nineties tough guy stuff. And then also like go to shows all the time in the pickle patch, right? Like that's what made me personally who I am, you know what I'm saying? And like having to do a lot of the DIY stuff because of the time that I'm getting into this stuff, like, you know, there's nowhere to do shows. Right. So we're trying to like carve things out ourselves for hardcore in our local area. So the nineties are just special. And I think that it's, it's a very personal decade. You know, like everyone has their different lanes and they're all very personal. And that's that's kind of what we grab onto. So wild decade, not as consensus as the 70s or the 80s, but it is what it is. We did our best on this list. I think we can all agree that the majority of it is pretty good, at least the four of us. Um, and yeah, we welcome your lists, people. So get them on one page, send them in to 185 miles south at gmail.com. I will post them on the website and uh I'm really interested to see what you guys think. And last time around for the eighties, I mean, this isn't going to matter because if you're listening this deep in the pod, you know, what's up. But like last time, like we post the one through 20 and then everyone's like, well, what about this? And what about this? It's like, dude, it's just a one through 20 out of a hundred. Come on. This is the podcast and look at the whole list. Right. So Dan, that was wild. huh? It was insane that they like, they were, <laughs> Even in your text of describing, hey, this is only the 1 through 20. Please go to the website and look at everyone's list and also look at the top 100. People didn't do that. They didn't read the comment at all. They just go, where the fuck is this? Where's this? It's like, dude, that's number 21, dog. <laughs> yeah, Settle like, down. 
chill, chill down. You got to chill. You got to chill, bro. <laughs> you know what's up? All right. Everyone, the 90s ruled. Check it out. This is all to talk. I want to see your lists. I love this shit. All we want to do is talk hardcore. Keep it positive. Daniel, where can the people find you? You can yell at me at Southport Instagrammer on Instagram. All right, Ben, where can people find you? You can throw trash at me on Instagram as well at Cold Chillin Book. Pops, where can the people find you? If you can spell it, anthonypopolardo.com. That'll uh, get you towards all my things. Yeah, man. And for me, the best way, 185 miles south at gmail.com. I respond to everyone. You can also go to 180 miles, uh, 185 miles south on Twitter and Instagram. And I will do my best to get back to you, but the DMs are weird. So maybe not. Hit me up on that Gmail. Personally, Zach Retali on Instagram. And you know, Retali is the best on Instagram. Everyone, we love you all. We'll talk to you again next Monday.